6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I want to get to this. On this Earth Day, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has promised Canada will slash its greenhouse gas emissions by 40 to 50 percent within the next decade. Now, this new target is higher than the 36 percent uh, reduction in, admis- uh, in emissions the Liberal government says it can achieve under existing measures by 2030. But the new target falls short of the minimum 50 to 60 percent reduction climate groups say is needed to limit global warming to one5 five uh, degrees Celsius. The Prime Minister announced the higher target during a virtual climate summit of world leaders convened by U.S. President Joe Biden. So how's it going to be done? What does it mean for our province? Let's find out with the Honourable Seamus O'Regan, the Federal Minister of Natural Resources. Minister, welcome back to the show. Happy Earth Day. Jalen, happy Earth Day. Good to, uh, good to be chatting with you again. Seven degrees here in St. John, so not bad. <laughs> Not, not bad. bad. So we're kind of not along. Bad. Not bad. Not great. Thing. Not bad. <laughs> I had a really fascinating conversation actually with um, someone from St. John's uh, just on Friday. He's the former world or right. uh, record holder uh, of the Rubik's Cube who is now going to school out there. He uh, set records in Bangladesh years back, and he was fascinating. Anyway, um, I, I might be betraying my age, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it 40 years ago, and I probably still can't do it now. No, I still can. I, I, I had to rip the stickers off the, uh, the squares. <laughs> oh, you did brother? that, too. I did that, too. <laughs> yeah, you can always tell the people who did that. They, they were coming off at the corners. <laughs> okay, Minister, well, let's get to it. So this yeah. uh, new target that was announced today is far below one set by the British government earlier this week, also below yeah. the goal set by other uh, countries like uh, the United States. Uh, the critics are saying that it does not go far enough. What do you say to that? Well, I say that's not true. Um, you know, first of all, uh, you know, the first thing to say is we are setting new targets. It's, it's a 40 to 45% reduction uh, by 2030 compared to what our numbers were. So we're looking at, you know, 40 to 45% reduction compared to 2005. And we want to reach that by 2030. But as Minister Wilkinson has said, the modeling here is it's imperfect. Uh, Anybody who claims to know exactly how far clean tech is going to take us in 10 years, they have a magic eight ball. Um, But we believe that the range is achievable. I mean, we're we're on target for 36. Uh, We believe we can get there. That does not mean we have to raise the price on pollution to do that. We we have our schedule in place. So this new target does not mean we have to raise our prices. But look, it, it, the Americans particularly, um, they've got more, how will I put it, low-hanging fruit than we do, right? Our grid, our electric grid across the country is already about 80% clean because of hydroelectricity and because of nuclear power, particularly in Ontario. The U.S. is still fundamentally on coal. So our, amb- our ambition is still very much there. Um, and, and, you know, there's a bit of it that we know we're going to have to rely on, on the ingenuity of the industry, the energy industry in particular, to help us get there. We know that. Uh, so, you know, we've got particular incentives in place in order to do that. Um, but, no, we, we believe that this is practical and ambitious. We want to meet the target. Yeah, and I, I think, though, that people want to know how exactly this is going to be done. You talk about a magic eight ball. Yeah, you know, we, you know, mm-hmm. folks uh, want to see and want to know uh, what is going to happen. And, you know, I've heard comments saying, you know, we'll figure it out over the next nine years. But my question is, is how do, how do, you, how do you commit to this when you don't have a firm plan on how it's going to be done? 
Well, we do. We do have a plan. And don't get me wrong. I don't mind acknowledging that we don't have all the answers, but do we do have quite a bit. I mean, we do have a strength and climate plan just from December, you know, $15 billion in investment in jobs. And, you know, plain and simple. I mean, you know, if you look at hydrogen, which is exciting, I mean, because we're, we're investing in, in Alberta's industrial heartland, you know, uh, north of Edmonton. I was on with a group called Edmonton Global and was happy to share the stage with Mayor Nacho again. Um, you know, and I, I told her, I keep quoting her because she told me back in December when we announced our hydrogen plan, we know we can do this because we're already doing it. Um, yeah. You know, Proton Energy outside of Calgary is already finding ways to produce hydrogen from old oil and gas wells. So, you know, hydrogen's a big part, part of it. Uh, CCUS technology is going to be a big part of it. Clean fuels is going to be a big part of it. Geothermal. Um, you know, I keep uh, on Twitter sometimes, I, I, I just, I, I'll, I'll talk about a company in Alberta or Saskatchewan or Newfoundland and Labrador talk about, you know, the, the links that they're going to in order to lower emissions or, or the jobs are, they're creating and developing new clean tech. And I'll say, you know, nuclear will get us to net zero. Geothermal will get us near. Clean fuels will get us to net zero. I, I might have crossed a, a line when I said electric snowmobiles will get us to net zero. Um, I grew up in Labrador in the north, so uh, the thought of an electric snowmobile makes me very excited. I don't mean to say that it... My point in all this is that there's not one panacea. There's not one thing. It is a combination of all the things I've listed, plus perhaps things we haven't even thought of yet. You know, it's it's interesting, you know, and we talked about, uh, you know, SMRs on, on the show last week. We talked about the hydrogen mm-hmm. hub. We talked about, you know, that plan. But I guess, you know, for, for Albertans, Minister, um, mm-hmm. there, are, there, are, there are climate change, um, you know, experts that are, are, are saying that to do this, to do what was announced, mm-hmm. that we're going to have to dramatically cut back on uh, oil and, and gas uh, in, in Alberta dramatically over the coming years so there's a lot of people here wondering okay well what does this mean for our employees for our workers what does this mean for you know this this driver for so many years of of our economy here in this province and for the country and i get that you know we talk about transition but mm-hmm. you know what are, are we facing well, another kick kick in the ass here for the for, the, yeah, for, yeah. for our industry just say it, because uh, because I know that that's how a number of people feel. And I would say, no, the target is emissions, right? That's the whole point of, of looking at carbon capture use and, and storage, mm-hmm. right? That you, you are, as, we, as we produce oil, we sequester the carbon. We actually put the carbon back where it came from. Um, and, and that's a technology that is real, um, that has been, you know, it's been going on for some 20, 30 years. In fact, I was uh, because I was curious about CCUS for for my neck of the woods too, out here on in Newfoundland's offshore. And in fact, the Norwegians have been doing carbon capture storage under under the seabed now for about 20 years. So this isn't some kind of airy fairy, you know, technology that may someday happen. It is happening. We know that you know tech, more and more technology will continue to make it more efficient. Um, but but you know, CCUS is one way in which. Look, oil is going to be with us for some time. That is true. Where I take exception is when people say that as if to shrug their shoulders and say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to focus on lowering the emissions. 
by acknowledging that oil is going to be with us for some time, is to give us a, a focus. And that focus is on lowering emissions. So that's why CCUS is so important. That's why I talk about it all the time with Minister Savage and with, and with uh, you know, the executives that are, that are in the oil patch. I mean, they are very, very keen on this because we know oil is going to be with us for some time, but we need and absolutely urgently have to lower emissions. And that is, and I have to reiterate this, I know I've said this on your show before, Jane, that is not just an environmental imperative. It's not just the right thing to do for our children and our grandchildren. It is also where the market is moving. It has moved. I've been on your show coming on for about a year saying the market is moving, the market is moving. The market has moved. Investors have moved. And they want to see jurisdictions take climate change seriously, including oil-producing jurisdictions like Alberta and Saskatchewan and Newfoundland and Labrador. And, and a lot of the industries, a lot of the big companies, you know, up north are doing a great job on that and yeah. transitioning, you know, that, you know, let's give yeah. kudos to them, uh, you know, as, as we're talking this afternoon. The Federal Minister of Natural Resources, uh, the Honourable Seamus O'Regan, joining me this afternoon. You have said, I was watching a, an interview recently, and, and, and you said, nothing consumes more of my time than thinking about oil and gas workers, energy workers on the East Coast, Alberta and Saskatchewan, and I lead a team mm-hmm. working on that every single day. We have to make mm-hmm. sure that these workers stay in the game because we need them in the long run to help lower emissions. We'll go back to the lower emission part. When you Mm -hmm. talk about this transition, how do we make sure then that these these workers are able Mm -hmm. to transition? I mean, there's a lot of workers that don't have a job right now as it is. You know, how Mm -hmm. do we transition? What does that plan look like specifically for the employees? That's an excellent question, and and I'll say it again, it is what keeps me up for for a whole host of reasons. First of all, uh, these are my friends and my neighbors, um, and you know, and I've said it on your show before. Newfoundland and Labrador actually uh, relies more on on oil revenues than even Alberta or Saskatchewan. It, it takes up an even bigger chunk of our economy. Um, so I got skin in this game. I got to make sure that, that we get this right. And here in Newfoundland, we are uh, all too familiar with losing talented people uh, from our economy and our province. Now, some of them have the good fortune to come out to Alberta, and some of them, mm-hmm. a lot of them actually, I'm on the plane with them often back in the days when we flew, are, are going back and forth. They want to raise their families here at home in Newfoundland, but they know where the work is and where they're getting paid well, and that's out in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Um, but, you know, they're... <laughs> We, we need exactly these people in order to do, you know, and I say oil and gas workers, we need them uh, because they have the experience and the ingenuity and, and the technical skills to do the things that we need to do, which is lower emissions, as we said, and to build up renewables where we can too. Um, so, so we're in this spot right now where this is happening. I mean, a year ago when I started coming on your show saying it, it's going to happen, it is happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I've challenged, uh, you know, my, uh, my fellow ministers and everybody and everybody's on board. We have to find that we have to fund this. We have to make sure that we, we train people. We've learned a lot in the just transition that we did, uh, with coal, uh, in Alberta. Um, and now it's, it's going to be on a larger scale. We've got $2 billion over the next three years. Uh, we will be working with the province and with unions in order to, you know, find how could, you know, what are we, what are we retooling to? I remember talking to a union head, Lionel Railton, actually, I don't think you'll mind me quoting. And he said, you know, Seamus, like we're, we're, we're used to retooling. We just need to know what we're retooling to. Um, you know, and I remember the crane operators union out there saying to me, you know, whether we're, whether we're lifting a, a pipeline or a wind turbine, good work is good work. But, you know, you need to have good work. 
So we are in the thick of that now. Um, and, and I think you'll see much more concrete steps in the, in the weeks and months ahead. Um, but, you know, I, I look at, uh, Jalen, if I can give a small example out my way, uh, we did Orphan and Inactive Wells. That is an example of, you know, real action in this. You know, a year ago, Minister Savage and I began discussing it, and, and we have $1.7 billion, tens of thousands of, uh, of energy workers employed as a result um, in, in, with Orphan and Inactive Wells. We were trying to find something similar here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, we found $320 million. Um, and we gave it to the province to sit down with the industry here and to sit down with workers. And, and my only guardrails, the only conditions I put on it were, look, we need to make sure that we, we retrain workers. Uh, and we also need to make sure that we lower emissions. Other than that, I'm going to leave it to you guys who are closest to the ground and who know this best to help us figure that out. And they have started producing projects and money, and, there, and there'll be more to come out here. That, to me, is a real template. I mean, I grew up in, in, in the north. I grew up in a small town federal government to me was always you know always kind of had a, a cookie cutter solution for every part of the country and i always resented that um and as a minister i always said you know we are a big country and so there will be different solutions in different parts of the country and for goodness sake listen to the people closest to the ground because they know best that's something that i've taken with me in this role and so and so those concrete steps and tell you right now champing at the bit you know to talk once again now with minister savage <laughs> as i do regularly and with union membership out there to figure out what the next tangible steps are because I hear you. Yeah, Minister. Um, just before I let you go, there there was and I've there's been talk about this Just Transition Act, which promised access to training and support for for workers. And and, and again, you said you know part of this kind of three prong approach approach about making sure that uh, that these workers are taken care of is making sure that no one is left behind. Where does where does this this legislation or this this act you know where where does that stand and and when could we see that? Yeah, I'm currently working on on the legislation itself with my fellow ministers, Qualtro, Minister of Employment, and uh, Salome Tassi, who's Minister of Labor. But like I just told you, we're not waiting. Uh, I think that the legislation is important, but I think what's more important is the you know the real things that we can start doing right now on the ground. Coming out of the budget, two billion dollars over the next three years uh, for training for exactly this purpose. Uh, significant money for CCUS, significant money for hydrogen and other clean fuels uh, to get those investments starting to roll out now. Um, that I think is the best, you know, that making those tangible steps in the, in the weeks and months ahead uh, is the best thing that we can do. But we are, you know, determined to get that legislation done too. It's just that I'm not waiting. Um, uh, that legislation though is in my, man my mandate letter. And so I am committed to getting it done. Minister, always appreciate your time. I think we could probably talk for another couple of hours on this and dive into the budget a little bit more, but we're out of time, and I'm sure uh, you have uh, still more things to do this afternoon. I appreciate your time this afternoon. As always, I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Absolutely. Have me back, Jaylen. We'll talk some more. Yeah. Appreciate it. Awesome. Take care. That is the uh, Federal Minister of Natural Resources this afternoon, the uh, the Honourable Seamus O'Regan. So, yeah... <laughs> You know, there's there's lots to think about, right? With this commitment to reduce, uh, you know, emissions even further, and you know what impact that could have on our energy sector here in Alberta, but as well, you know, um, what uh, what transitions could be made. And and, and and my biggest questions for him, and and you heard that, and, and wondering, okay, well, how do we protect those jobs that are still there? You remember that TD report that came out not too long ago? Some people 
you know, we had the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers on not too long ago saying, you know, I think that was worst case scenario, but people are worried about what, uh, you know, what happens next. Having said that, as I mentioned, that a lot of the... Um, uh, the big companies at Fort McMurray up north doing a great job when it comes to transition. They are working with this and in some cases leading the charge. I do and I want to keep an eye on this legislation, this Just Transition Act. Um, it is... Um, out of the, uh, the the convention that uh, wrapped up not too long ago, um, the, the delegates there agreed that just transition should take place for energy workers who lose their jobs as the country moves forward to renewables. Um, and that follows. So this Just Transition Act was in the party's, what, 2019 election platform, which promised access to training and support for affected workers. So he says he's working on it. We'll keep an eye on it.